Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Gabagool. Gabagool and Josh Brown. <laughs> Scott Hilford, what are you doing? It's raining and you're not asleep. This gimmick yeah. will continue. What's this I, crack about? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. What does that every mean? Time it, every time it rains, you're snoring and then we have to do the podcast <laughs> without you. But it's been raining all day. I guess the last few times when it was like this level of rainfall in the UK, I, I don't know if I made it in. I think the internet went off. I tried to get into the office. I got lost <laughs> in Gateshead. I came back home again. Um, funnily enough, the internet has been off again this morning, so that could have happened again. Um, we said Gabagool because we've been talking about an array of meats before we started the podcast. Which <laughs> old to meats. Bring it, old meats to bring it back to uh, video games, the best meats there are. And we've been playing <laughs> quite a few different things. And we thought, oh, we're going to do a big old talk about Far Cry 6, because all three of us are playing Far Cry 6. But um, we'll do a quick roundup of other things that we're playing first um, in a quicker fashion. Now, I know that Ben Roy has many things to say about Back for Blood. Uh, he himself might be out for the <sighs> Because this game doesn't, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I've seen the response being quite divisive. Are you, is it bad? What's going on? It's a very, it's it to be like, oh, it's a mixed bag. But it, because it got better again when I played it since being angry at you two on um, uh, works <laughs> like. Yes. But the, the, I don't know what Turtle Rock did with this game, but <laughs> playing this game on medium is like playing any other game on like super hard, for example. So playing okay. this on easy. And most of the levels are just simple, go from one point to another. There's a bit like a, a helping bots get to a certain place to hide. Mm -hmm. And then there's one level where you've got to go through fog and you've got to signal the horde of the Ridden, which I'm going to call zombies from now on because I, I don't respect the I name love when they the always Ridden. have a different name for zombies. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm just like, no, sorry, mate. And it took us, me and uh, my, my other team of friends, like mm -hmm. three or four tries to beat this level. And I, I think I've, I've said, like, I spent hundreds of hours in both Left of the One and Two. Like, I love those games and playing them on, like, the expert realism. And, like, I love the idea of go, just going f f um, through a level slowly and, like, finding a car to hide behind and just, like, mm. just trying to make that as hard as possible. But this game, it's like, nah, man, what if we just spawned four special ridden but i'm gonna say infected just like right in front of you also this game doesn't even care like it doesn't spawn things around the corner they'll just pop in front of you they'll be like oh, oh. come here now and you like, excuse me and a problem a fundamental problem with this game even on easy mate that 
they've added all this like newfangled millennial stuff, even though I'm millennial. And even though <laughs> Left 4 Dead came out <laughs> after the millennium, I'm, yes. even though for me, it felt like it came out in the 90s now. It does. Where what I don't think they make AK 47s that can just have 20 bullets. Like 30 bullets is the standard for most automatic rifles, and they just artificially chop away your bullet count so you can't take out one of these special ridden so you like sure that's meant to make you work more as a team right but two of you can't take the one of them out you need like three of you or like to dance around while you're being bundled by all these zombies all the time and you'll 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 murk them out right and then you'll have three more spawn behind you within seconds there's no time to either like breathe or take the game in it just seems to just throw everything at you all the time just in cheap ways and with these stupid cards on top if you like die you lose a continue and like act one and two are like seven eight levels long and then you like see like act three it's like four or something and then act four is like one there's like one level I, I wonder what that's going to be like a massive horde might be saying but it just seems like it's trying to throw so much in there and i just still can't get over the spawn rate um i was watching um Sterling talked about it as well, and mm. he was. He, they were even going on about saying like how many in special infected are just thrown at you all the time. And it's to the point where like it's a groan and moan, and just and then you're if you play with a random, they might select the corruption card, which makes these special infected armored. And just like oh, I just need to. So I wish I was dead now. The thing with Back for Blood because I I've still barely played Left for Dead. I know that's like sacrilegious. I did sort of I did a little bit of two I think when it was a demo on Xbox Live, but it was very little. I know that that's one of the biggest gaps in my gaming uh, history and stuff, knowledge or whatever. But the reputation of that game from the outside was that gameplay of being absolutely overwhelmed over and over and over again and just sort of barely getting through, like barely carving a line through hordes of zombies. Do you think they've gone for that to a fault? Like they've just sort of made a here's everything and you're like hardly it's ammo scarcity and you're barely gonna get through and We've done it right, guys. That game, Left 4 Dead and 1 and 2, had character and, like, they had moments built up to it and there was great, like, crescendo moments that the music always, like, sort of drew you in and was really adaptive. And even the characters, there was four characters in each one of those games. There's eight in this. And they just... It, everything had its own feel and the weapons were... There was, like, two different versions of an assault rifle. You didn't get, like... Uh, melee weapons until the second game and each point of the level felt distinctive and like sort of warranted and there were four like sections of a level rather than like eight or something in these mm. and you sort of like got to know the levels and got to know like the sounds of the infected and if you work together it, it, it felt more even though it, it was sort of almost random from the ai director it felt crafted in a way where this just feels like throw everything at you all the time and always running and by the way you you just need to just keep moving and you can't there's no time to breathe or take the game in and it mm -hmm. feels like something that would be thrown up by not turtle rock that basically made left for dead it feels like if this feels like to lack of a better time like over here we have a shop, a shop called asda and i'm gonna say it's the smart price version of left for dead it just feels <laughs> like They've tried to throw every modern video game trope into it since Left 4 Dead came out. Mm -hmm. When really, like, when really Total Rock should have just gone for more of a baseline experience, more crafted and refined, and try and like maybe add more to artists. And I just can't get over how, like, how not needed some of these cards are. Like, plus ten percent stamina. I don't care. Like, I, maybe people love that, but like for me, just why? Why are we starting off with all the characters like barely being able to move and? Mm. 
uh, things being chopped off and they shouldn't be. And if I put a scope on a gun, then I can't take it off and I have to get rid of that gun. So you don't want anything over a red dot in this game. And then you accidentally pick up a four times or eight times scope and you're pretty much useless because you have to hit fire because aiming with in that game, you, you just, you, you're always swimming in zombies. So there's no <laughs> point. There's right. like no point at all. It just, it sounds like one of those things where they, it reminds me a little bit of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, where it's like, we're doing this very specific, obviously that game was kickstarted. Um, you know, like that game was very much made to be a Castlevania continuation. And it's like one of those spiritual successor things. And it's like, um, you know, like um, Mighty Number no. 9 was meant to be the continuation of Mega Man. And like, it's just, you've got to hit those specific goals. But if you get it wrong, there's such a specific template you were supposed to follow that those fans are going to notice straight away. There's... And so, yeah, it's like really obvious in this case. There's one more like key example. I'm, I, I've just remembered actually two now. I'm gonna that there's a point where uh, you have to hold up at this like sort of diner thing. And they like they give you so much to set up, right? Like hmm. portable mini gun turrets and things like that. And you clearly expect all the zombies to come from the the open way. And it starts and there's like three points over a fence that they just come over these bits of the fence. It's just like. What you've given everything to set up that way, and you can't, and it just feels like the game's just spawning them off to the side, and it's just you just throw like a Molotov and you can just deal with them all. And it's like if this was Left 4 Dead, it'd be climactic, like say mm. it points when you'd run across the bridge or at the end of like the first map, No Mercy, when you're holding up on top of the hospital. And then there's another level where you have to gather everyone on this crate, but the crate is the size of a the box that your ps5 came in right it's a bit bigger than that and then it wasn't registering and then everyone else in my team died and like if i died that means we lost all our cards and you don't mm. you might as well just do yourself in at that point but luckily i was spat on by this thing which accelerated me into the air and it sort of triggered the mission to be ending and it sort of we then we got out and i just couldn't believe what was going on but it just it just feels like why in your words you've said the alien fire team elite is a better left for dead yes. continuation than this left alien fire team elite is has more moments of sort of like the horde goodness that you want and sort of like the more it feels like you can go through there as a pack of three and be more efficient and you're not mm. always being swarmed and they do throw a few more special sort of like xenos in that one and the, but it still feels warranted it's not like here's four of them by the way, do you want four of them on you? And yeah, you're gonna get. More... There's no way you can get out of it. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's. I. I think. I mean, my impressions. I mean, we all played it. I sort of did a good. I don't know how long did we play it. Twenty minutes, half an hour. I was. I could tell straight away it yeah. wasn't for me. I just hated the way it felt, and I, I just felt like after the first ten minutes that I'd seen what would be ten hours of it. Like it was just one thing over and over and over again. And um, but Josh, what do you think from the little bits? I think you played a little bit of Back for Blood, but I don't know if you've you haven't gone back for more in the last. No, I. I'm not, and it's just because, like Ben already said, it's all, it just kind of feels like it doesn't feel as quick enough, it doesn't feel as punchy enough, it doesn't feel as responsive enough as like I kind of like want it to be. And what Ben Roy was talking about there uh, with like the special ridden and stuff, mm -hmm. I've not had much um, first-hand experience of that, but that sounds like a nightmare, especially for me who would play this game with randoms. It's like if I'm going to get all the way through one of these acts with some randoms just to lose all that progress towards the end or have to restart or whatever. Doesn't sound like uh, very fun to, that whole to me, thing, to be honest. And the card system, not to spend too much time on all of this, but like they have that whole card system, like Ben Roy said, where it's all like incremental, like sort of statistic stuff. But then they got out there and said that the game couldn't be played solo or progression doesn't track properly if you play solo. So they were looking you into ways to change that. You can't make a lobby. You have to sort of like do some weird practice thing. And there are things like, 
there's three of you you're making a private game it still mm. takes ages to load up and make a private lobby and and it's just con- things like that are confusing the menu ui i, I hate the menus as well it's, i just there, it's there's so much of this game things doesn't it another one of those menu uh, ais yeah yes. and when you the way you get cards it almost feels like this game was going to be some like loot box fest at one point but like you have like these like you've got this list of free sort of like paths you can go down you get like I'm going to still call them back for bucks. You get these back for bucks that you can spend <laughs> on these paths. You just go through them. It's like, well, maybe I want that one card in this, but then that means I've got to go through all these other stupid cards and for skins and stuff I don't want yeah. or anything like that just to get 15% more uh, monster energy drink or something like that. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> there's so much. Think- it just feels... It doesn't feel good. Who do you think, Sonya? Who do you think that it is over at Turtle Rock that's forcing this stuff? Because this is the second time they've done this. Like, obviously, there's not a microtransaction element in it as egregious as it was in Evolve. But that game, too, was also overcomplicated. Like, the idea of the progression stuff. They had all that stuff then before launch for Evolve where it was built with DLC in mind and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, they have such a, in theory, immaculate like approach to gameplay but then it just gets completely chopped up and weirdly bisected by all these card systems and everything it's just like what the hell someone there is saying this is what we need to do and it clearly isn't i guess they just i don't know any of the people i don't you don't even know anyone's name <laughs> over rock. turtle rock but i yeah. only knew of the people that the valve side like the chet falzak and stuff that worked on mm-hmm. left Dead and all that and uh, i just felt like that maybe they miss they they're trying to do they're trying to do too much and maybe they're missing some sort of like higher up guidance like say like with the portal guys when Gabe Newell just come across and say nah, just just do that mm. and then it sort of like just worked like we're watching like some sort of like documentaries on portal recently and it just feels like maybe the Tower Rock team were guided in the same way the portal team were guided and it should have it it should have been boiled down a bit more and I feel like they're just looking at all the trends that had happened mm. and you can see remnants of that throughout and I didn't even go into um what even was that game? The monster Evolve. game, Evolve. I, I, like that. It seems like they've Evolve. just taken what they've got from Evolve, like which is a bit too much all over the place. When they should have just focused on making a decent horde shooter, like mm-hmm. uh, what happened with Aliens Fighting Elite. Yeah, it's just that they have solid enough gameplay and then it just seems to just get chopped up in a bunch of different ways that makes it completely off-putting. But um, overall, though, to, do, to continue this sort of wrap-up of what we've been playing, Mr. Josh Brown, you've sunk, I think, 75 hours into Death Stranding Director's Cut? Another 75 hours into it. I did 50 the first <laughs> time around at 75 more hours now. Yes, I'll keep it brief because it's a, it's an older game, really, even though the director's cut is obviously new. Mm. But like, it's very rare that I put 75 hours into something and don't want it to end, which is exactly what happened with this. I finished it up at the weekend after spending pretty much every waking minute on it after work. Like, I would finish work. I would go on Death Stranding. I was even playing it on my lunch times doing deliveries <laughs> then, which I never never go on the uh, PlayStation or anything. Um, you could have been on Hot Wheels, mate. You missed out. What I, I was too busy trying to get the platinum, my friend, which like Ben Roy taught me and warned me is another game in itself. And the run for that platinum was so enjoyable. And you play that game in such a different way that I just, like I said, I didn't want it to finish. I was just on it every single night. I was offline, like everything was happening online on the internet. I just didn't know about because I wasn't on my <laughs> phone, wasn't messaging my parents back, wasn't messaging my friends and co-workers back, just wasn't living on this planet if it wasn't involved with Death Stranding, because I just think it's, with this edition especially, man, it's like one of my favorite games ever. And I could eat that thing up. 
What Again. is, or because you were saying for the longest time, you were like, I'm not sure, or I'm not, I don't think I've hit any of the director's cut extended content stuff. Like obviously yes. now having banked this much time into it, do you think that stuff's worthwhile? Like how does that stuff filter in? Like what's your thoughts on that now that you've hit the end of it? It's very much additive. You know, there's a reason it's only a fiver to upgrade because, mm. you know, you get all of the improvements for the PlayStation 5 edition alongside these new missions and stuff. You have to engage with a lot of that com content for the Platinum. So I didn't actually use a lot of it until I was like 60 hours in. <laughs> and the racing is fine. Like, you don't go yeah. to Death Stranding for the racing, but the, uh, the music's good. The tracks are all right. Like, it's a bit infuriating. It's a bit too easy. But I do like the way they've integrated a lot of the other um, equipment into it. You know, there were worries, at least for me, going into it, that maybe the extra help you got from like the cargo catapult or the jump ramps would maybe alter the tone or alter your mm. progression through that game. But it's rolled out in such a natural way when you get similar gear that does a lot of the same stuff anyway, that it doesn't feel like you're just powering through and overpowered right from the beginning. You still get that sense of growth. You still get a sense of progression through it. And I was really pleased that it maintained the original spirit, even though the stuff that it adds in is quite wacky. But the game itself is wacky and always was mm. wacky anyway. Well, that's the thing that they sort of like double down on the ridiculousness side of it. Because it's at the bit in the game where he does the record scratch. It's like you take that bit and stretch that out into a whole tone. And it's like, well, now you can do like stunts on a bike and there's launch ramps and like yeah. all sorts of different stuff. Like jetpacks, like you can sort of like fly kind of now, like descend across chasms in a way that you couldn't yeah, before. Yeah, you get like a, a stabilizer, which, which feels really cool. There's so much equipment in that game <laughs> that I didn't even use the first time around. A lot of deliveries I didn't make. A lot of cameos I didn't even see, apparently. Yeah. Um, I didn't see Sam Lake the first time around because um, getting his, I won't spoil who it was if anyone wants to play it, but getting his equipment um, is so difficult. I didn't even mm, see a piece so of long. his cargo until like 40 hours in or something. It's even more difficult to get him to join the uh, the network and that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, like if, if you haven't played this game, I implore you to, because even, I think even if you don't like it, there's not an experience like it. And it is insane, is isn't it? Singular. Like... Yeah, it's crazy that it exists. Yeah. And I love that it exists. Fortunately for me, I'm someone that it absolutely clicks with. And um, But I think, you know, even if you don't like it, or even if you only like it a bit or in part, there's so much in there to talk about that. You know, if you like games, you should give it a go. <laughs> that would be that's absolutely my side of it too. I love like the, the time when all three of us went through it. The first time will be my one of my favorite gaming memories ever, where we were just trading different stories, different ways to conquer that environment and everything. I personally despise where the story goes, but it doesn't matter because the gameplay is absolutely top tier, five star. That is the thing that you should go back to. And I got the director's cut and then just started it, skipped the cutscenes because I was like, I don't need this again. And um, and then lost about three hours just in one. I think I blinked in three hours past as I did like 10, 20 different fetch quests. And that game is just so Moorish. It's so easy to just keep playing. There's something about it that's kind of methodical, kind of therapeutic, kind of it's just peaceful in a way to sort of just d do basic deliveries um, in a way that you wouldn't think would work at all. But it bizarrely does like to the point where you can just sink tens upon tens and tens of hours. Uh, into it. Um, in terms of something that I've been playing, uh, which no one's going to care about other than Demon Slayer fans, um, is the first Demon Slayer game, which is, uh, I'm not going to spend that much time on it, but it is an old school arena style um, anime fighter. It's like the old Naruto games. It's kind of like, it's by the same team that did Dragon Ball uh, Kakarot last year, um, and it just looks absolutely gorgeous. It's very much like the, uh, the show itself. Have you guys seen anything of Demon Slayer? Because I didn't know anything about it, and then I drank up the movie and the TV show, and I'm a, I'm a changed man. The only thing I know about it is some stills I've seen, some friends who watch it. I've seen, yes. uh, I've, got, I've got a couple of friends who recently did some cosplay of it, which looked very impressive, but I have no point of reference for that or what it was, but it, it, it looks if like a thing 
everyone tells me it's good. So it's it so good. Like it's, if you're into it, it's like the best thing on planet Earth. But Ta- I'm, only, I'm only just getting around to watching Squid Game, man. Like, give me time. Give me time. <laughs> and then you've got Line of Duty after that, mate. So you've got uh, <laughs> after that, you'll get all the way on it. Ben Roy, have you, what, what whiffs of Demon Slayer have you seen? Do they have a big sword and big hair? Uh, they do have big hair, but most of it is sort of... Actually, to be honest, most of the hair isn't up. It's like backwards or down. So okay. it's not it's not like full-on Final Fantasy style. In terms of weapon sizes, mostly standard. They mostly just have katanas and sort of different versions of katanas. I've never seen... If I've seen something of this scrolling through Twitter, it's, it, um, I don't know if you've seen that episode of Black Mirror when you can block people forever. I've sort of like blocked a certain <laughs> level of... Um, uh, entertainment uh, it's probably just been as i've gone past it was oh, sailor oh, moon and sailor moon only for you all the animation yes yeah, you were sailor done. moon and digimon because digimon are more intelligent <laughs> than pokemon because they can have conversations instead of just saying their name it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I was just end the podcast right now. I couldn't think of a way to get out of that. No, that's madness. But Demon Slayer is very, very good. The game itself, though, like I said, it looks absolutely gorgeous. I think it's really easy. I'm playing on very hard, and it's still very easy. I've won each match first time, um, which isn't a flex. I just think that they should do more to that combat system. But what is there um, is very enjoyable. It's just like light, heavy stuff. You can do a few different tweaks. You can block. You can grab. Um, very basic stuff. But I think all they needed to nail was that idea of um, powering up, unleashing the different arts that are, like, that are such these big visual feasts in the show itself. Um, because the, one of the big selling points of Demon Slayer is the fact that um, Studio Ghibli's own um, Hayao Miyazaki said that this was the future of animation. And it is a blend of um, 3D and 2D animation in the show. 
Um, and I feel like it has that really luscious kind of, um, you know, they're animating anime in 3D where it just, you could pause any bit of it and it just looks like the show. It looks so good. Um, so don't spend too much time on Demon Slayer. If you haven't checked it out, watch that show. It's badass and the movie is great as well. Um, it's a direct continuation of the cliffhanger from the end of the season. Um, but the main course, the main Gabagool is Far Cry 6 itself, um, which all three of us are playing through now. I think there's a bunch of different opinions on this. I'm going to start with Mr. Josh Brown. You messaged me and Ben Roy last night saying you didn't know if it was for you, but I know you've come around on it a little bit. A little bit. It's it's funny, you know, I briefly mentioned this when we did our podcast yesterday, Scott, uh, mm. but that was just like a brief nitpick because I'd only started then. I've since put a, a lot more hours into it. I'm still very early days, but I'm, you know, on the proper island now, the story's in flux. I've got a grasp on most of the mechanics and how the, the game is the going story, to be the, 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 the story. Yeah, the story of the characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm, I don't know where I am on it because I was actually looking forward to it. Far Cry, for me, when it comes to the Ubisoft games, that's always been my one. The one that I've loved even mm. as, you know, it's had a lot of justifiable criticism, you know, two, three, and to a lesser extent, five, I really, really enjoy. But to me, this is a game that I look at and it's kind of like a ratchet and clank situation with me where I can tell that parts of it are good. It's visually really interesting. I like um, the lead character, Danny, who you play as. And mm. um, I think the combat is punchy and I like the weapons and you've got a lot of options. It's just not clicking in the same way that Far Cry 4 didn't click. Well, that's not a bad game and Far Cry 6 definitely isn't a bad game and I've had a lot of fun with it, but it's not coming together in a way that immerses me or engages me in a way that two mm three into a lesser extent five did and i think it's just because it is so big it is so bloated there are so much you can do and a lot of the stuff is kind of what we've seen before you know you're destroying um air guns you know you're doing races it's like there are disparate parts in there that i like i just don't understand how it all adds up or what it indeed is all adding up to and that's kind of what i have a problem with it's mm. it's um are you refer to it as fast food which I do agree with it is fun in that way but for me I was just maybe I was just hoping for too much because I was well, hoping I think... there would be an extra hook or something in there for me personally for me it's funny that even you mentioning the story like even even a modicum of care towards the story is more than I have because I I'm literally I went in I watched it I watched the cutscenes I watched the story for the first sort of seven eight hours and then I realized that it was just more of the same it's all it's always just going to be go take this thing out go rescue this character so I just I literally just I've skipped I'm skipping the cutscenes now which I've never done in any video game but I just don't care I'm not there for the story at all and so like this point anyway and um i watched the john carlos stuff which we can get back to him in a bit but my point is that i think there is a way to enjoy far cry 6 that is just this mindless shooter explosion chaotic sandbox type thing where you're just having fun with you know like the, that nail gun that you can get pin dudes to walls blow something up unleash the homing missiles whatever and you can just do that and it, it kind of just feels like a big combat sandbox i don't think that'll sustain past you know maybe another 10 hours or 20 hours it depends what the different mission setups are um, but that's how I've been playing it. I haven't even been, I didn't even let myself care about the story because I, I knew going in it wasn't going to be anything worthwhile, or at least I didn't think it would be. Um, and I've, like I said, I've given it seven or eight hours to click to some degree and it hasn't at all. Um, I, but I agree with you, like Danny's pretty well written. I like the third person cutscenes. I like things like that and the setting I really love. Um, ben, where you are, because I think you, I don't know where you're actually, I think you might be quite negative on it, but I could be wrong. I've um, almost cleared uh the first bit you land on on the uh well the first one they guide you to uh, mm. when you go up north uh i can't remember any of their names i'm not listening to any of it i'm Fake literally Huber part one i've i i have audiobook or podcast in my ears the entire time that's, I, that's another good first, point it's a perfect podcast for the, game for the first three hours i was listening to it and then i was like 
I am bored and then I started listening to other things that I found more entertaining but while playing and using my and using my hands to play this game and then I was then it was like hey this is what this game is so as John Carlo pops up I'm like Bleh! and I'm trying to pull out all my headphones and I sort of wake up so I can sort of like hear his like great performances that he just puts off it's just just do more of what you do John Carlo like that just just be just be Gus with some chicken and then have the dark saber <laughs> in another scene I'm great I'm I'm fine with that as uh, soon as I got better guns, because I feel like the guns you first start with are a bit like mm. crap. Yes. Uh, the, once you start getting like the better sort of like guns, and I, I, I hate the artificial thing of like, oh, you've put a suppressor on, now your gun is really, really not powerful. It's like, okay, whatever. But now I found like some sort of like decent, which I call them tap taps, but they're just sort of like not sniper rifles, but almost sniper rifles, if you mm. know what I mean. You know, so you can sort of like quickly fire off a few shots rather than like proper bolt action, nip back and I like taking out people from afar or just rolling up to a checkpoint in a tank and be like, you're right, mate. You're dead. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> but then there was a point last, I, I, a few fun points that just come out of nowhere. Like I was taking this checkpoint and I just about to kill everyone. And then a tank rolls up and I don't really have, apart from the jetpack thing when you're about the Supremo, I don't mm -hmm. really have anything that can take out a tank. Mm -hmm. So it's just more like running around the corner and like trying to throw whatever I could find at this thing. And that was I like do... a weird, like mini boss fight thing. Yeah, I had that too, because I wish they'd give you more options to take out the tanks. Like, my, I would love a Halo-style jump on it and batter it, punch it to death. Let I've me tried that, yeah. Hijack, yeah, same. Um, but you end, they sort of throw you off it if you try and jump on a tank, and then they can just run you over. But, like, it, they do let you take it out with the Supremo um, if it's, like, managed to charge up and stuff. But, yeah, for me, like, it is just fully embracing the ridiculousness side of it. Um, we should talk about Giancarlo Esposito, though, because I, I don't think he's used that well. Like, I think his facial animation is pretty bad. And, like, I think that... I, I just feel like he's giving a stock version of the Giancarlo Esposito performance. Like, I know that's what you get him for, um, but it, it feels like he is directly channeling Gus Fring. He is directly channeling... Um, what do you call the moth dude from uh mandalorian moth and it's gideon. Just, moth gideon and um it just feels like that it's sort of like like i'm not getting in the future i'm not going to look back on antoine castillo as a memorable character i'm going to think of him as a a, a a hybrid of other established Giancarlo characters i don't feel like he's that he's not really allowed to do much with the material nearly every scene that i've had in the first sort of eight-ish hours is him with his son um just going like hey this guy betrayed me and like oh, but one of my lieutenants did something wrong now you're gonna have to kill him and it's like every scene is that like either he's shooting a dog or he's shooting a person he's very desensitized to the violence and i was like i've seen this like a million times i had a really weird one where he, for the whole time his kid who i don't remember his name was being really resistant to mm. this and then he asked him to shoot one of his uh lieutenants as yes he said, and then he just did it he just does it like, but did I miss a cutscene where he was turned more <laughs> to the dark side, or was I just thinking of Chorizo the dog, which surprisingly has won me over in a way where I'm like, you stupid, cute thing in a game. That I'm just like, Burr. but yeah, it's the weird tonal thing uh, I felt there. But I think I just uh, maybe I shouldn't have just come into this where I was just like, uh, I just want to. I bought this game because I found it for forty pounds, so it wasn't yeah. sixty or seventy, and I know it won't be that price for a little while yet. And I just wanted to look at Giancarlo for a bit. That was it, really. See, my thing is, like, because they got him in, I'm glad they didn't do the, you know, you're in first person, they monologue in front of you. Like, I'm sick to death of that. Like, that being the Far Cry thing. It was in 3, 4, 5. And I think it was in, there was a part of that was in Primal as well, where you had the, the dude that you have to chase after does his monologue at the beginning. And um, I didn't want that. I didn't want Giancarlo's face up in my face again. I, I like that they do something different with it. Um, but what do you guys think? Like, where does he rank, like, amongst the Far Cry villains? Or I guess, like, Josh, what do you think in general of the way they handle him? 
I think I'm a, a lot more positive on the story than you guys. I'm mm. yet to um, skip the cutscenes or check on a podcast because I'm still relatively invested. In fact, one of the biggest surprises for me was um, kind of like how well directed some of the cutscenes were, especially mm. early on. I think the addition of the third person character adds a huge amount of um, directorial intent, I suppose, to like those yeah. scenes. And definitely, like you said, Scott, freshens it up from just having the uh, the villain be in your face and monologuing and being a big, scary bad guy, because that was definitely getting old by the time Far Cry 5 rolled around. Um, the story itself, um, I think it's I think it's all right. Like, I don't think it's that bad. I, when John Carlo's on screen, yeah, he's definitely giving a John Carlo performance. But like you said, that's almost entirely what they definitely got him in for. Yeah. Um, his relationship with his son has kept me engaged so far. You know, I haven't got to the part where his son actually pulls the trigger yet, but I've had a scene where um, John Carlo is having a dude um, beaten in front of him and he asks him to kill him and then he obviously won't, but then he watches him suffer like an even more horrific death through mm -hmm. this uh, savage um, head kicked in scene. So when he's popped up, it's it's very much what I expected, but not necessarily in a bad way. It's not really surprised me, but again, not necessarily in a bad way. Um, I think the uh, presentation is definitely helping me be invested more. And the only thing that kind of um, is annoying me, if anything is annoying me and frustrating me, isn't from the John Carlo side of things. It's kind of how that tone is meshing with the the wackier tone of, you know, mm -hmm. I love Chorizo because it's a, he's a lovely little pup. Guapo um, is better than Chorizo, I'm just saying. Guapo's yeah, crap, mate. That's that's crap. What are you talking it, it about? Just, what do you mean? just gets murked by everyone that goes near it. And then he gets pointless. more powerful. I'm oh. down, help me. I'm like, All no, these things are based, on, are based around reviving. Guapo is way better than Chorizo. Guapo ah. keeps getting killed by other alligators, man, other crocodiles. And I'm like, what's, <laughs> yeah? what? You were useless. Give me Chorizo at the moment this. in time. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like the, the wackier Far Cry stuff, which I do think they meld better than they have in previous games, which mm. have tried to have the serious tone and then have like, you know, jetpack rocket launchers. They do try to connect those elements. It's just when they come in quick succession of it's like, oh, your best friend has just died. Also, here's um, a <laughs> crocodile that um, you know, is wearing clothes. He's an jetpack. Go yes, wingsuit over there. Yeah, yeah, he's an actual jetpack that you can use the flames <laughs> of to um, scorch everything. And it's, it's cool and like i said they've done it better but again it just it circles around to the thing i was talking about before where the disparate elements are good or fine nothing mm. is bad it's just it's not it's, it's, it's missing something that secret well, special he... sauce the uh the herbs and spices from kfc you know yes. it's, it's missing the uh, secret ingredient the gabagool you might say i think the that gabagool. the um the thing is the tone thing's fascinating because i think that they especially with far cry 5 there was so much built up about like, oh my god it's going to be this big dissection of the the black heart at the core of america and all these different issues that they're going to tackle and it wasn't that at all like obviously there was parts of it that were that but they were very much riding that to get people in and i thought the game itself was way more over the top and wacky and stupid and there was a bear called cheeseburger um you know they didn't they didn't care about maintaining a tone in that game and so for me like it's almost like it works in its favor how serious they take a lot of the beats because for me it's almost like doom like in um in doom's 2016 when they rebooted it uh, where every character samuel hayden is telling doom guy the most serious stuff in the world and, you know this place has been overridden and we need you to take this seriously and then doom guy just punches someone in the face and takes the gun and goes and shoots everybody anyway and like everyone reacting to that i think like there's an element of that in far cry now because they give you these mostly believable play spaces like you said they have like over the top 
top weapons and stuff. But you can, I mean, like I, I mentioned this on the other podcast, but they have a they have a lot of like stealth missions where it's like specifically do not get found. But you just shoot people. You just, I mean, I just unleash the rocket barrage, and then I'm just like, okay, I'll see what the game does. And they don't fail you out. They just let you keep going. So for me, that's kind of adding to like the humor of it in terms of just being this like ridiculous take on a guerrilla, a real world guerrilla fighter or something. And I'm just like, no, I'm just this over the top walking arsenal that's just gonna blow everything up. Yeah, and that's kind of funny because you guys are trying to take this seriously and i am not at all i mean sometimes that definitely works i had a moment in the, in the tutorial um area where you have to take over a fuel depot so there's like yes. all of these um flammable explosive um canisters around and i'd found a tank before then fortunately it wasn't <laughs> trying to kill me uh, the soldiers were outside of it so i killed the soldiers jumped in the tank and just did the rest of the missions on the tutorial island and um, in that tank so i rocked up and i was already shooting people by the time the radio voice came in and was like um, you probably want to scout the area out and do it properly and you know go in really sneakily and I'm already there blowing these canisters to high hell and I was See, like that's I love a that cool stuff. yeah like that's an element of dissonance that is like fun it's something I've created myself not everyone's going to get so I like it when it works like that but so often it just seems a little bit random because it's like you are breaking it in that case I wish they had more dialogue that addressed that stuff because like they do kind of in some of the stealth stuff where uh, I forget what you call the woman who's uh, is it Esperanza who's running the place and I think she she Holla, says something yes, like whoever she's called and then um, she rings you and just says well you're gonna have to hide for a bit now until they like go away and I, I wish they wrote more dialogue that was like well i guess this is what we're doing now or something like that um because that stuff is great but um one thing to sort of parallel it with which it reminds me of is old school gta where things weren't as set piece focused i know far cry's done this for the longest time anyway um but because of the increased frame rate because of the increased and um, the weapons that you have access to it just it just moves in a way that encourages that level of playability at least it does to me and so like with um the like it reminded me of old school gta where it says here's a really basic mission objective um figure it out and it's like well i can wingsuit in there i can hop in a tank i can take everybody else out with a sniper rifle i'm loving that sandbox feel um but maybe also because of the specific time where we've had such a run of really rigid rockstar games uh, and now we've got this big open world uh, or you know expansive uh, game again i'm really appreciating that but ben what's your thoughts on all those things yeah, I mean, as soon as you take out those AA guns, you can sort of just, I just like air, I could just fast travel by airdrop into everywhere just because mm. I can and just scream in as I hit the floor. I loaded up the game yesterday and I, I quit it. And the first thing the game did, I just, the first thing that was happening as I was screaming in the air as she was falling to the floor. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is how I'm treating this game. And um, uh, apart from like the, a few of those, um, those dirty trophies that you can't, that you have to get like a one time we get, I've got them now. So I'm safe and I can just okay. play the game and not, think about anything like that and I'm just I'm just chewing away at this and I think I'm gonna plow through this before I go back to old Alan and then finish that off completely and yeah I'm just it's it's Far Cry man like I've, I've only played as I said one and five and five was all right uh I was okay. I was fine I guess it just I this one does what that what this one doesn't do what that one did where you get take. I don't think you, there is a bit where you get taken away and you get like several times in that game you were taken and put in a bag oh, yeah. and then sort of brought out. There was a point in this game where it was a bit like, can you just please off? Because I was just standing there trying to do something. And then seven people came by on a horse. I'm just like, go, go away. <laughs> Le let me, I've killed you. Leave me alone, sort mm -hmm. of thing. That's it. Um, I know we've got more stuff for you to blow up, more things yeah, for you to try and kill. I feel like um, when we were talking. The, the, yeah, but I, they put more breakpointy stuff into this. I don't know. It just feels like it's more going down to that more diluted way of the Ubisoft mm. 
uh, world, but we'll see. We'll see. Part of me, like that whole thing of like the Ubisoft formula, like when it works, I do quite enjoy it. I burn out on it over time, but I think like they do have a way of giving you all those elements in a row if it flows well, if the game performs well, which is the thing that took me out of Ghost Recon Wildlands and Breakpoint. Um, but if you do those things, like there's outposts to clear, there's weapons to collect, like you, you, you line all those elements up, I will tick those things off a list. Like if, if you get in the right mood for it, um, I can discard a story and just enjoy the gameplay side of it. So I think for me, that's why this one works so well, because it is just those base elements done better and tighter than ever. It's very yeah. much um, like the biggest comparison, if it's not Far Cry 4 for me, is definitely Wildlands, a game that I mm. enjoyed, especially playing with friends. But that was another game that was, you know, had this gorgeous, massive open world with solid shooting mechanics and, uh, you know, a lot of ways to get around. You could do the same thing where you go in by helicopter, jump out, mm. which is what I did all the time. You could drive up, get a tank, LMG or whatever, and really open and um, player driven game. But like Far Cry 6, I was just, you know, not even caring about the detail. And I think that's the kind of rhythm that you get in with a lot of Ubisoft games where you don't care about the the micro, you just care about the macro. Of, I'm going to completely subjective, I'm going to do this, it's going to feel satisfying. But there's not much else to it. And for me, it's a shame in this case, because again, it doesn't make it a bad game. It makes it quite a good game, but it doesn't make it a Far Cry game because Far Cry to me always had something more to it it wasn't just an ubisoft open world game in a lot of, in, in the way that the publishers other titles were in with this one especially from the mission design from the vastness of the world from the loot system to even the ui it feels the most like the series has ever been as just being another ubisoft game and that yeah, is a shame. yeah yeah like a diluted nebulous mainstream catching thing see for me yes. that's what i went in with assuming it would be like to me i've not cared about a far cry story since three like i love troy baker's pagan men in four um but it like all the stuff that they did with aj gale or Aja Gale, i didn't like I, it was fine but i like i was way more invested in michael mando's vast and like that stuff with three i've not i've not thought about far cry the way that you've just described in uh, it'll almost be a decade um because mm. that was 2012 for far cry 3 um but I, like yeah i think that if you go if you want any sense of i guess narrative immersion they break it so much or allow you to break it so much that it kind of just implodes on itself all the time um but for now this has been the world culture gaming podcast i've been your host scott hilford joined by ben Turner. i have nothing to say me neither, and also Josh Brown. Bye-bye. says all right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.